It's just you and me this week as I share my testimony, detailing my time as an agnostic, when I pursued a career in the entertainment industry in LA, when I studied and had encounters in the paranormal and new age before understanding that the supernatural is indeed real and eventually all leads back to Jesus. That and a lot more on this week's Spirit Answers Podcast. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for taking the time to listen to my testimony. And this is really kind of weird to to be sharing my testimony on my own podcast. And I know some people have asked me recently why I haven't done that. And I thought, wow, that's a good point. I, I, you know, we're 50 episodes in, I should share my testimony with how much I tell people to share their testimony and just how important that is to the body of Christ. And I, I think part of why I haven't is just, I've always wanted to make sure that this podcast first and foremost glorifies God. And, and secondly, is, is, is all about the guests who's ever on the podcast sharing their journey to truth. And I'm perfectly fine with just being in the background and letting that person, uh, you know, kind of take the spotlight. And sometimes I think I can be a little bit too comfortable with that to the point where it can be maybe even detrimental um, to the body of Christ because there's nothing um, more powerful than sharing our testimony and uh, just the seeds that that plants for people and the way that that helps people. I mean, how many times have you heard, especially people coming out of the new age, that have, um, the big reason why they've done that, come out of the new age and found truth is because of the testimonies that they hear on on YouTube or, or in podcasts like this uh, or programs like this. So I figured it was about time for me to share my own testimony. So um, again, this, this is kind of crazy and... Uh, will probably be the only time that it's just me on the podcast. Uh, but you never know. Maybe there'll be another time as well um, in the future. So uh, for me, you know, my testimony starts really at a young age. At a young age, I I want to say like two or three years old, maybe even younger, I remember seeing portals and paranormal phenomena um, going around me. Like I would see orbs. I would see um, like what appeared to be bugs crawling on the wall. I would see ghost-like things. Um, and I just remember, th- I, I and I did tell my parents eventually at, at some age when I could obviously speak. Um, but at the time, I just remember thinking that this, everything that I was seeing was totally I mean, it was it was normal because I didn't know I didn't know that I, I was obviously only two like two years old I didn't know anything better I didn't I was none the wiser at the time so even from a young age a very young age I truly believe that I, I and you know we talk so much in this podcast about how there can be generational things that open up based off of the things that have gone on in our in our lineage and um, I do have some Puerto Rican ancestry and heritage. And so I think there could be something there as it relates to uh, perhaps somebody in my in my bloodline getting into witchcraft. Um, I, I know I've talked to uh, at least another guest that we, we've had on this podcast. I haven't aired their 
interview yet where she has she's Puerto Rican and she just she's relayed to me that yeah it's so common for people that are Puerto Rican to have um at least one person in their bloodline that has messed around in in witchcraft and of course they don't call it that uh on the island so you know I I don't know exactly if that's why that happened or if the enemy was trying to get at me from an early age or a combination all I know is that that is not I don't believe to be normal um and I don't believe that God typically wants us to be able to see into the spiritual 24/7 or or as much at least as much as I did at that time um so I, I what I think that did is that kind of planted a seed for me that indeed there is something more to life than just the physical and and it was never for me it was never anything that was like super in the front of my mind like consciously as I, as I move forward um but it's definitely something I can look back on and with all of the uh, people that I've interviewed and the different research that I've done and the experiences that I've heard about, I can look back and say, wow, you know, this isn't, this really overlaps with a lot of the, a lot of other people's experiences. Um, so that was kind of the first big part of, of my testimony. Moving on um, into like my elementary school years. So I was raised originally in a Catholic, um, with a Catholic upbringing. And I just remember at that time, you know, I, I, I believed in, in God and, and Christianity, but, um, it was all very much like how other people have described on this podcast. It was a lot of just following the rules for the sake of following the rules. There was not, I did, it's not like I engaged in any real Bible reading growing up at all, you know, whether that was elementary school or, or above, um, in my, in my youth, I never looked into it any more than just kind of going, um, going to Sunday school or not going to Sunday school, but going to, uh, church on Sunday mornings. And, um, I just remember thinking too, at that time, even from a very young age, a, a couple things. One was that I was never, <laughs> even in elementary school, I, I was mad at God. And, um, it's just crazy thinking back you know, even at like five, six years old that I, that I was mad at God, but I was mad at God because I didn't understand when I looked at the suffering of the world, why God created humans. And all, all anybody ever told me was that God created humans because he was lonely or because he could, and he wanted to have fellowship with humans. And that didn't make sense to me. I was like, you know, it just it, it didn't seem like a very loving and helpful thing to create human beings just because you're quote lonely or you can and they have to go through all the suffering. So I remember just from a very early age thinking God made a huge mistake. This I mean, and why would I why would I want to worship somebody that is so selfish and made such a mistake? Of course, you know, knowing what I know now, um, that's not accurate. But at the time, it was so easy for me to believe that. And I hated school. I absolutely despised school. And another thing I remember thinking from a young age is just I would spend, you know, most of my life in school or what seemed like most of my life. And I hated it. And I and I used to think if I could just be how I was before I was born. Again, this is elementary school, um, very early elementary school. If I could just be how I was before I was born, which was 
nothing. I didn't feel anything. Or so I, you know, I thought that would be better than going to school. I mean, it was not, I didn't enjoy it at all. And I, or I'd, I'd rather be asleep in other words. And, um, just again, just having a really warped view of God that he's all out for his own, just make doesn't care if anybody suffers, just wants people to worship him. Not really much of a loving character trait to him at all. Um, so right off the bat, I had a couple of strikes against God to add to that. My, it didn't seem like Christianity was really working at all in my family. Um, you know, pretty shortly there, uh, after, or in my elementary school days, my parents got a divorce and I just remember thinking, why, why, you know, this, this isn't working. Christianity is this thing that's supposed to, God is supposed to get us through these difficult times and my parents are getting divorced. It, it, it made no sense to me. And on top of that, when I, when I interacted with Christians, it seemed like they were, they seemed like they thought they were better than everybody else. So I had all these different things coming against me from a young age. And again, um, I enjoyed doing other things more than going to church. I, I enjoyed watching football. I love playing with friends, going outside. I love video games. Just nothing about Christianity seemed um, appealing. However, that didn't stop me from continuing to be a Christian after all this time, all these things that are going on at this time, that didn't stop me from being a Christian still. I still believed in God. And as a matter of fact, as I got into middle school, I gave him what I feel like was a better shot. At this time, I still wasn't studying the Bible. I still wasn't really engaging with other Christians. Um, but I still, but I, I prayed, I, I continue to pray and try to have that relationship with God. And I, and I remember one specific prayer that I think made a huge impact on my life, which was, I asked God, I said, God, no matter what happens to me in this life, no matter what I do, never let me go. Never let me go. And of course, <laughs> that's kind of a foreshadow for what happens later on in my, in my life because I, I definitely do stray away from God. Uh, but I think that really showcases the power of prayer. And, and I couldn't have prayed. That was the most heartfelt prayer I'd ever prayed up until that point. Again, that was about middle school for me. So when I got into high school, I quit. I, I put God completely on the back burner and I really started becoming agnostic. Um, I started to hang out with people more. My friends were not Christian. Um, again, my life was re really focused around video games. Um, I love video games. I became a video game journalist and uh, God was boring to me and was for weak minded people that didn't understand science. And not only that, you know, when you're, I was going to a public school and we're taught that the Bible is complete crap. It's all, you know, old lies, but made up by people that were just trying to make sense of the world at that time. And we're taught that evolution is true. And if those things are true and coming from my supposed, supposedly well uh, educated, at least as it relates to the Bible teachers, that why would, why, you know, if that's, if the, if evolution is true and we, there's so much of the Bible that's not true, it's just made up, why on earth 
when I give it a shot? Why would I, why would I give the rest of the book of a shot? It just seems like a total waste of time. It seems very boring and dull. So I, um, but however, again, I had these things going on at a very young age, these paranormal experiences. And around this time was when Ghost Hunters, the original show came out. And I, even though I abandoned God, there were two things that I never abandoned as it relates to kind, kind of the supernatural. One of those things was miracle healings. I, I had always, I'd heard about miracle healings growing up. I had, um, you know, supposedly on TV, they, they happened on like some of the Christian programming and I believed it. I believed that there were miracle healings. I didn't think every single person was making up their miracle healing when somebody prayed for them and they had this tra traumatic healing. It's like, yeah, no, there's no way every single person is making that up. Something's going on. Something's going on. So that was one thing. And the other thing that I never completely let go of was the paranormal. And Ghost Hunters, the TV show, just was so intriguing for me. Um, Ghost Hunters actually um, it's kind of inspired one of the, the trips that we went on. I, and let me take a step back. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if it, if it inspired, but it, the, the whole trip, but it certainly played a role in our going to one of the destinations that we went to on this trip. So again, this was about high school. We, as a family, um, went to Colorado, Essie's Park, Colorado. And for those that are not aware, that is where the Stanley Hotel is at. One of the places that the Ghost Hunters and the Ghost Hunter TV show Ghost Hunters TV show investigated uh, for quote ghosts and um, the paranormal again was always intriguing to me and that show only spiked my interest and I wanted to know for myself if this stuff was real or if it was staged and I remember we signed up for a ghost hunting investigation uh, just so happened that they had one during our time staying in the Estes Park area and I'll never forget, you know, that night we, we go on the ghost hunting tour and there was supposedly a girl who had died in, in, uh, the Stanley hotel area in the 1980s. And this was a time when the, I think the hotel was in a re renovations. Nobody was staying there, uh, from a guest vantage point. It was being renovated so people could, um, but there was some kind of a blizzard going on at that time in the area. And, um, she, this, this girl, this teenage girl came into the hotel as, uh, she was seeking shelter and supposedly she died, uh, during her stay. And I think it was due to the extreme cold. And so this investigation, part of, part of the investigation was to try to make contact with her. And, um, I remember, I remember there was somebody else that had died on at, on the hotel premises uh, as well. I think it was somebody that worked at the hotel. I can't remember, but I but it was at least those two people that we were trying to make contact with. And um, so the person that's putting together the ghost tour brings out a spirit box. I never uh, had encountered that in, in real life before. And essentially what a spirit box is, is, is it uses radio frequency to um, you kind of just scan blank radio uh, stations until you can try to hopefully make contact with the other side. 
And I remember at first, we were, we were having no luck. We were having no luck contacting this girl. Uh, but a few minutes went by, and I started having this crazy cold spell, this cold spot just go through my body. You know, that was supposedly one of the symptoms of having a ghost nearby uh, was, the, was the cold spell. And uh, I'd never felt anything like that before. And I was not the only one that felt it. And I remember, so we feel the cold spell, the cold spot coming through. And the person giving the investigation, leading the investigation says, and I can't remember her name, but it was like, so-and-so, we're not having any success talking to you tonight. Um, we're going to go ahead and shut off the spirit box. Is that okay? And we did hear an audible voice coming through the the box and it said yeah in in the tone of a teenage girl and then um that was crazy and after that happened the uh person giving the investigation said okay we're gonna go ahead and put the spirit box away and then we heard another voice say okay and that was yeah that was just absolutely insane um, so we had that happen and, um, shortly thereafter, I remember we went to another room in the hotel in this part of the hotel and it's actually not in the hotel proper, but it's like another, can't, it was like the ballroom that was right next to the hotel that they used to use for parties and, and, and things like that, um, uh, back in the early days of the building. And my cousin and my sister had something like brush up against their leg and they both screamed. Uh, so that was another thing that happened, another crazy thing that happened. And I remember shortly thereafter that we came up from that part of that room and that part of the, the outhouse area. And I felt someone put their hand on my shoulder and it just stayed there. And I remember turning around and there was nobody there and it just the hand would just stay on my on my shoulder. And I don't know what to make of that. Um, I don't know if it was, I know some people might say it was like God or an angel saying that they have my back, or maybe it was a demon. I have no idea. All I know is that that night gave me evidence, the evidence that I needed to know that this stuff was, was real. And I didn't know what it meant. Um, again, you know, just going back to the Bible, where you're taught in, in Christianity, you're taught that people go to heaven or hell and there's no wandering ghosts around. It just made me think that there was something more, again, to life than just the physical, but no one truly had an, an understanding of what happens to us when we die. And no one has, there was no clear understanding of how every, all these different mo moving pieces of the puzzle fit together. So yeah, that was that was a very pivotal moment for me. And another uh, experience that was really pivotal for me in my understanding of all this in believing that there's something more to reality than just the physical was a UFO experience that I had it in my undergrad. And aliens already fascinated me. I remember from in, in elementary school, again, there was like a UFO documentary that was on like Discovery Channel. And I remember, I, I remember being really interested in what I was seeing and also really freaked out. And I remember, and my mom will corroborate that. It was almost like I had a very peculiar, peculiar interest in that type of phenomenon, even from from a young age. Most people that are 
five, six years old are not going to get as engrossed as I was into that type of programming. So fast forward to my college years, I'm walking by myself near, and it's pretty ironic uh, because I'm walking near the building that I just got done frequenting during my master's program. It was, it's both the counseling building and the teaching building um, at University of Nebraska, Omaha. And I remember it was dusk, nobody was near me. And I saw this, it's like a cigar shaped object go. And it was about a hundred, hundred, 150 feet above this building blurry. And I, I, I was walking, I just saw it. I was like, what the heck is that? I've never seen anything like that. This is, this is way before the time of like drones as well, where that could have been something that was there. Um, so walking, walking towards the building, come up real close underneath the building and I see it. And it's almost like as soon as I get close, it immediately shifts. It's like, it notices that I'm there. It shifts over the building and I'm like, what the heck? You know, that, that was insane. Never seen it again. Never seen anything like that. Keep walking forward. Keep walking, turn around, trying to figure out what happened to that thing. It was gone. Uh, again, a blurry cylindrical gray object and, uh, look to see after, that happened if it could have possibly been like a satellite and that doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make sense that it would appear to be hundred, 150 feet above the building and be a satellite it was not a drone. Um, not saying it was an alien or, or, or a demon, uh, but certainly piqued my interest in the UFO phenomenon. I remember really diving, taking a deep dive during my college years of people that have people that have had UFO experiences, but I remember looking into UFO researchers and how a lot of times people that got into UFO research died unexpectedly, or there was like paranormal phenomena that started to occur in their life. And just the, the experiences that they would detail, like these aliens coming through walls and pretending to be Jesus or, um, making almost like, like scenes out of a horror movie in, in people's bedrooms at night. And just the overlapping stories that people had, like people before the internet seeing the exact same type of alien beings on different parts of the planet. And that dude, that was, that really got my interest. And again, I always kept an open mind. I was, I, I didn't immediately shut it down because it sounded so preposterous. I want, I, 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 I like that quote that I didn't keep my mind so open that my brains fell out, but I, kept an open objective uh and still skeptical mindset about all this so i have all i have this interest in the paranormal i have completely abandoned the idea of god playing video games all the time this was around the same time as well where a couple of other big parts of my life happened one i started to really get into partying i would drink all the time you know i wouldn't say all the time but when i would drink i would drink heavy like 15 drinks um, that was maybe a couple times a week, really into partying. Also at the time I started to frequent strip clubs and this is something that, you know, just was kind of a, an outstretch in my partying phase and, um, really the, uh, with an underlying foundation of, of not thinking that there's anything wrong with lusting after women. You know, I, I thought there was nothing wrong with that. 
I thought there was nothing wrong with having sex, obviously, before marriage. I thought there was nothing wrong with porn. I, and it was, it was bad. I would go like once a month with my, with my friend to, uh, to the strip club. Um, and this, again, this is all during my college years. And this just, I think sets a, a crucial foundation for going forward. This is this, this part of my worldview, I think really impacted the way that I came to understand that Jesus is truth. So have all these things going on. Um, and then in towards the later years of college, I'm, you know, I'm majoring in creative writing and I want to get into the entertainment industry and I want to become uh, not, not even necessarily a writer, but just a part of the entertainment industry. And to just show show you like how warped I was and like how far I've come since then. I remember the big screenplay that I was writing at the time was a rated R comedy screenplay that had to do with a cross country porn production from where I'm from, Omaha, Nebraska to Los Angeles. And it was supposed to be about this guy who graduated from community college in Omaha and his professor who write this cross country and make this cross country porn production from Omaha to LA in like kind of a road trip style movie. So I'm working on all that. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to move out to LA. And this is when, you know, so, so what is such an important part of my testimony is the threads that God weaved throughout my time, um, both before I was really pursuing him at all. And when I started to pursue the supernatural and then turn him. And so at this time I graduated from college and I started to work some, I wanted to stay in Omaha for a little while so I could build up enough money to move out to LA. And I couldn't for the life of me maintain or find a job. And when I found a job the year after I graduated here in Omaha, I lost the job that I found and it was, it was just, it was like warehouse work. And, um, I had worked in the restaurant industry for several years before that. I was a great worker, never had any problems with maintaining a job and I was let go of my job. Um, and at the same time, I remember I was applying for so many different jobs here and I remember I almost got a job, but that the person said that they were looking for somebody a little bit more heads down. I had all of the qualifications that I needed, but they were looking for somebody a little bit more heads down. Well, I was, I was a very, you know, when I wasn't partying, the most heads, heads down person you could probably find. So it just seemed like door after door was closing here in Omaha. And I took that, um, partly as the universe opening up a doorway for me to go out to California. And the reason I say the universe is also at this time, I started to get into um, the paranormal uh, podcast, into paranormal podcast. And um, part of the reason why that happened is because I had a really difficult experience with a woman. And I thought the only way I can take my mind off of this at the time was to listen to uh, paranormal stories. And I think that was because it gave me hope that there was something more than just this life where I felt like things weren't going my way. I wanted some kind of hope. And these stories of ghost encounters, these stories, these interviews with psychics, um, these stories of angel encounters, 
stories of reincarnation gave me hope. And it was the most fulfilling thing going on in my life at the time. And I was totally, you know, I was somewhat in, interested in the paranormal and ghosts, but I had never heard of all these different experiences that people had had with psychics, um, with reincarnation, with hypnotherapy. And um, I remember at this time, I started to, to call psychics, my, I, I started to call, I called a psychic myself just to ask about when would it be the right time to move out to California. And she, I remember the psychic told me that it was the right time, but maybe to not look at LA because she was from LA originally. And, and actually, even before that, I, I remember um, I had seen a psychic during my time in Estes Park. And, um, you know, all this stuff was the, this, all these esoteric topics, they were really starting to take my interest. So I'd seen a couple psychics at the time. Doors were closing in Omaha. And I'm starting to, based off of the experiences that I'm hearing in these paranormal podcasts, I'm starting to understand that there is something likely more than just the physical. There is uh, likely the universe guiding everybody, including me. And so I'm starting to become a little bit more spiritual. I'm starting to pray to the universe, praying to my angels. And I had this finally, finally uh, breakthrough in California. I had spent, you know, I, I applied for like 100 different places out in L.A. to go work. And finally, I had a couple places respond to me and say that they wanted to see me for an interview. And I had no places because I was still applying for places in Omaha as well uh, for jobs. I had no places working out in Omaha. And I just felt the universe was was letting me know that this was the right time to go out to L.A. And lo and behold, when I go out there immediately, immediately, I'm able to set up a place to live that all falls into place perfectly. And it was a place that was reasonable in terms of how much money the rent was. So I find find a good living situation. Um, and the incredible thing about all this, again, that just the thread that God was weaving. And again, my understanding that this was the universe was that um, I got a, a new car uh, right before I left for California. And all those months that before that I had gotten that car, I had been driving like a, a several year old car that would have never have made it to California, or if it did make it to California, would have would have not <laughs> made it much further after I got there. So I think that that was God, again, his timing, his perfect timing in helping me find the right opportunity at the right time out in California in terms of a living location and waiting until I had enough money to buy a car so I could go out there. And so um, I get out there, and unfortunately, the two jobs that I applied for uh, that I had interviews with both jobs fell through. And so now I'm out there, don't know anybody. Um, start applying for jobs all day, every day, figuring out a way to increase my typing speed, all these different things so I could try to get some kind of administrative job. You know, a creative writing degree is not the most marketable degree in the world. So I really had to to make things, to, to make connections quick and, and try to make things work. Um, and again, just showing where I was at the time. I remember even applying for jobs like in, in writing in the porn industry. Um, I didn't care. Again, that, none of that made any any difference to me. I just wanted to be a part of the entertainment industry. I didn't care what part of it, what part of the entertainment industry that was. And really showcases the way that I viewed women and the way that I viewed sex, which is that I, I, I didn't really view it as anything special. And I put... And I really objectified women and I objectified relationships. And 
I'll talk about that later just in terms of creating idols. And part of that I think comes back to as well. My childhood, there wasn't a lot of love shown, especially from my from my uh, father. And I think that that kind of created going into some of my counseling background, what's called a disorganized or fear, fearful avoidant attachment style. And so I would try to make up for the lack of love that I had as a child in relationships and romantic relationships growing up. And if those didn't work out, then I would really take it personally because that meant that there was there was just reinforcing the experiences that I had growing up, that something was wrong with me. But I wasn't just pursuing necessarily relationships. You know, I was pursuing sexual relationships as well. Um, and so coming back to what I was doing, so I was applying for for any job that I could get, still working on that uh, script, that radar comedy script, and um, running out of money quick. So quick, in fact, that if I didn't find a job soon, just a couple months in, I would have to go back to uh, three months in. I would have to go back to Omaha, Nebraska. And it just so happened that I was invited out to a uh, uh, a play. And at that play, I met somebody that told me about DoorDash. And DoorDash at this time, this was early 2016, was very new, even in the, even in the LA area. And it was because of DoorDash that allowed me to stay out in California. And I think that that was being in California at that time was so pivotal in me finding God. And, um, again, just got weaving, weaving my story, uh, lining up the exact thing, right things at the exact right time. And, uh, it was was a tough experience, you know, doing, going from suburban Omaha, Nebraska to doing DoorDash in downtown LA and, um, in different parts of LA. It was a big, it was a big learning curve for me, Uh, but I did it. And I remember at the time, you know, I'm still applying for jobs, trying to figure things out. My, I ended up having to leave this first place that I, that I had signed a long, like a six month lease for because there was cockroaches in the building. And I remember telling the person that owned the building or I mean that, that I was renting the room from that there were cockroaches and her excuse was just that, Oh, they're just little friends coming to say hello. And so that was my first experience in Southern California, especially LA, which really reinforced for me at the time. It was very hard. It was a cutthroat place and it it would soon show that it was going to be hard to trust people out in that area, at least compared to where I'm from in the Midwest. So, but again, through God's just love and providence and timing, a place opened up. My sister had a friend that lived in Long Beach and had uh, the friend had family out there. There was a room that opened up at that exact right time for $250 a month. And, um, perfect timing for somebody that didn't have a job except working DoorDash. And so I, I went down to Long Beach and started living out there. still trying to look for a job still with the ultimate goal to become part of the entertainment industry in some way. And it was around this time where, um, I started to get into meetup groups and I went to a meetup with somebody that I just met actually, uh, and went to a speed dating meetup and through that started to, to date a woman. And she was uh, really into the new age. And so I'm listening to all these new uh, new age and paranormal podcasts, starting to research this stuff more and more, and um, just really sh- the conversations and the relationship that I had with her really reinforced for me that this stuff was real. I remember she was into, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name, but um, he came out with a book. 
he was a, I, I believe a psychologist or psychiatrist and would hypnot, uh, use hypnotherapy to get into people's past lives. And the, the incredible thing about this was that the people that were coming in for therapy, they would have quote success utilizing the hypnotherapy that he would use to get into their, what he believed and they believed to be their past lives and erasing the traumas that they would have from these past lives. And I remember at this time as well, I start. I, I saw another psychic and this psychic, uh, confirmed a recent death that we had in the family. So these little things that were kind of, uh, seeds for me, again, reinforcing that there's something more to, to life than just the, the physical. And, um, so at this time I finally, finally found a, a long-term temp job and, um, it was doing really well there. It was at a construction company, not the entertainment industry, but they told me that at six months I was, after I made it six months, I would finally be able to go from a temp to permanent, a permanent employee. Well, of course the way temp, well, a lot of temp places work. Once you hit that six months, you're done. They're not going to hire you. It was all ploy to get you to, to, to have cheap labor for them. Well, that's what happened to me at the end of the six months. After all this applying, hundreds of applications in Omaha, in LA, and interviews where I was laughed out of the job. I was laughed out of the interview because I had a creative writing degree going all over Los Angeles County to try to get a job. Some of the sketchiest places I finally thought, I finally thought that I had a job. Finally thought that all that work that I had put into that creative writing degree, uh, it wasn't just, not just the college work I hated school, but all the schooling that I had done to lead up to that point to get that degree and try to, cause I needed a degree just to get my foot in the door for this temp job. Thought it was all finally going to pay off. And nope, the day that six month, uh, uh, point came up, I was let go. And if, it, if I wasn't dating this woman at the time, I would have given up and gone back to Omaha again. I think another thing that God was, uh, just connecting the dots in my life. He knew that I needed some kind of reinforcement out there in Southern California for me to stay out there. The incredible thing is that when I lost that job at that con uh, construction company doing uh, administrative work and accounting work, that was enough experience that six months of experience working for that company that I was able to get another temp job. And it just so happened that there was a temp job that opened up in the accounting department in, uh, for a company called Manhattan beach studios, which is in Manhattan beach, obviously, and not too far away from where I was staying in long beach. And the crazy thing about this is that it's one of the only, uh, well, let me take a step back. So Manhattan beach studios is the place where they filmed the Mandalorian. And I believe some of the new star Wars TV shows, um, on Disney plus they filmed avatar there. They filmed a lot of the Marvel movies there. America's funniest home videos is filmed there. So all these incredible franchises were filmed there and um i would and so an opportunity just happened to open up at that exact right time at a place that was so close to where i was living in long beach you know most actually every other studio was up uh more in, in the la proper area near studio city or or um way further away from me and if that would have happened if, if i would have had gotten a job in one of those places where 95 percent of the industry works i would have had to have driven uh what well more probably than an hour every morning just to get to work but this place that opened up uh allowed me to have a commute that was like 20 to 30 minutes so that is really good for la and and again god's just opened up the right opportunity at the right time and i finally get 
an opportunity in the entertainment industry, even though it's not writing. Um, I just wanted to have a job in the entertainment industry. That was all I, that was all I cared about just to be a part of something in the, in the industry. And, um, a couple things come from this. One is that, well, I'm working this job. Really what this does is, and I, and I was working, uh, you want to preface, I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that I was working, but during my work five days a week, eight hours a day, and sometimes more than that, when I was doing overtime, I was listening to the paranormal. Uh, podcast. I was in a paranormal podcast, new age podcast, podcast about spirituality, podcast about uh, ancient aliens, podcast about um, ancient you know mysteries of, of the world, podcast that again detailed ex- people's experiences with aliens, psychics, black eyed kids, uh, shadow figures, you name it in the paranormal. I was listening to it. And what I was starting to realize from these experiences that people were having in these paranormal podcasts was time and time again, without exception, 100% of the time, when somebody had an encounter with a with a shadow figure or like a demonic entity, if they called out to Jesus, that entity disappeared. And that was incredible to me. And I thought it was interesting that the people that put on these paranormal pod- or the hosts of these paranormal podcasts just kind of sidestep sidestep that fact as if that was not a big part of what was going on. Oh, cool. That happened. Okay. Let's go on to the next experience. And looking back now, just knowing what I know uh, about Christianity, it really makes me think about Paul in acts when he is uh, trying to share the gospel with, um, gosh, I can't remember exactly. I think it was the Stoics, Stoics and somebody else. And in the Bible, it talks about how the, the people that were listening to Paul talk about, uh, the Bible or the gospel, the truth, they just wanted to hear new things for the sake of hearing new things. They didn't want to know the truth. And I think, and I'm not trying to disparage anyone, just from my experience, I think so many people that are involved in the new age or paranormal, or maybe not even truly involved, maybe people that are just listening to these podcasts, uh, just kind of uh, with one foot in, so to speak, just want to hear something new. They don't care about the truth. They just want to have an experience to kind of take away kind of like an escape type of an, uh, of a moment where they can put their feet up, listen to something entertaining, forget about the, the troubles of life for a little bit and go to bed. And, um, that was not me. I was, I was listening to these things so fervently trying to figure out the truth. What, what is the meaning of all this? What, what is, why are we here? What, you know, those big questions, what happens to us when we die? What's the meaning of life? So I'm listening to these different paranormal podcasts. And as at the same time, um, my, again, I'm having cockroach issues with where I'm living and they're horrendous. Some of the, it was awful in my bed. I used to have to wear a hat in order for, uh, the cockroaches to not get in my ears at night. And, uh, so I left that place and again, God lined up. Uh, an even better place and just at the exact right time because you it was getting really really bad and i remember those last couple months and i i needed to find a place the cockroaches were getting worse um the people that i lived with some of them had had gang ties and it was getting uh not safe and god opened up a place that was even closer to where i worked and uh, like 15 minutes away 15 minute commute in la and for uh, and it was a huge room like bigger biggest room I've ever lived in. And, um, 
was on a lease that went back to 1998. And so because of that, because that lease went back to 98, the room was incredibly cheap and perfect for what I was doing, you know, because I just got an entry level job at Manhattan Beach Studios in the accounting department. And eventually that job did turn that temp job job turned into a full-time job. And so uh, just, I thought it was the universe at the time, obviously, but just God showing his love and uh, perfect timing and, and weaving that thread. Um, around this time as well, things were not going well with my girlfriend at the time, and we broke up. And that just, it was really hard for me because I remember I didn't really put a lot of time uh, into meeting people at that time in, in Southern California. I just had spent time with her, so it was like I was starting over again after that relationship ended, and that was really hard. Um, and just the fact that it was around that same time where I became full-time at Manhattan Beach Studios, and I had just gotten that new place I think that kind of really helped reinforce again that I should stay there. Um, but interestingly enough, at this time, um, I had realized that I had fine I had finally gotten my goal of working in the entertainment industry, even on the business side of things, and and just a an incredible place to work. So many cool perks working on a movie set lot every day, even if you're in the accounting department. Just the things that you get to do as a part of that company are incredible. Very, very fun experiences. Uh, but I realized that it wasn't fulfilling the way that I thought it was going to be. Something was missing. And I didn't know how to take that because I'd been working my whole life for this moment. Again, even if it wasn't a writing job, I thought that I would be fulfilled. I was always a career-oriented person. I thought that this would be the moment where I finally was was content. And I wasn't. And around this time, as well, um, the shooting happened in um, uh, uh, Las Vegas, and yeah, the mass shooting. And I just remember thinking, and actually, I'll take a step back because I, my girlfriend at the time, my ex girlfriend, had always told me that I, I I would make a good counselor. And I remember telling her, I said I'm never going to go back to get my master's degree, but if I do, it would be for counseling. And so she was telling me that I and I had. Um, other people telling me that as well at the time. Hey, you'd make a great counselor. It's just random people. And uh, it's just really weird to think about that at that, you know, looking back at that. And I think that was God putting that information in people's mouths at the time. So they would just reinforce what I was supposed to do. And I remember thinking too, around the time of that mass shooting, that what am I doing sitting here in this cubicle? And I could be going helping people that are either suffering as a result of the shooting or even helping the person that was the shooter. Uh, I, I felt like I was wasting uh, my strengths that God had given me. Um, so I started to pursue, um, started to look into and pray to the universe about um, getting a master's in counseling. Maybe that was where I needed to go after all this. And I'm starting to get to realize again that the supernatural is real. So the paranormal is real. Something is going on around the same time. Uh, I'm listening to all these paranormal podcasts. I'm struggling. I start listening to Joel Osteen, and I know that that is a name that um, really upsets a lot of a lot of Christians. But I, I he was so pivotal for me because I realized that many of the spiritual gurus and the spiritual self help and the self help books that I was reading at the time, the advice that they gave me that was comforting and helping me, overlapped with the things that Joel Osteen was was saying. And for the first time ever, I'm starting to get an understanding that God isn't this dictator that I thought he was. And perhaps he was a loving God and 
um, really, truly had had my back as long as as long as I did what was right. And that was, I mean, just the messages that I was hearing from him and the messages that I was hearing from the new age people that I was listening to at the time were so helpful for me during that, just during everything that was going on in my life at the time. And it just so happened again, God working, <laughs> weaving the threads that Joel Osteen was coming to LA, uh, shortly thereafter my, my breakup. And I decided I was going to go see him and I went alone to one of his night nights of hope. And I'll never forget. I, I pretty shortly thereafter, Joel started to speak. I burst into tears and I have had no clue what was going on at the time. I, I just was like, this is an emotional experience. What he's saying is resonating with me. But now I truly believe that that was the Holy spirit. I truly believe that that was God leading me towards truth. Uh, even if, you know, there are certain things that, that Joel might say that, that might paint God in a certain way that's not always accurate. Or I know many people have certain um, reservations about Joel. Um, but that was pivotal for me because from that point, I decided I was going to look into a church in the LA area. And there just so happened to be a church that was listed on Joel's partner website that was uh, only about 10 minutes away from where I lived there in the, in the South Bay uh, in LA. And, and I went there partly because I wanted to continue to get more spiritual um, insight and understanding. And the things that I was hearing were so inspiring and partly because I wanted to find uh, a new community of people of other spiritual people. And, uh, maybe even meet a, a a girl, a new a new have a, get a new girlfriend, and I remember um, just thinking that Christians were still very dumb and they had no idea about the reality of all the things that were going on in the supernatural, and I did, didn't even cross my mind at the time to pick up a Bible, but I knew that they they, they were a step above, you know, your average your quote average Joe they believed in the supernatural, they believed in the spiritual, and they had wisdom. They had some wisdom. I had to give them that. And I went there, and I remember I started, so I started to go to the small groups of the church, and the kindness and the love and the gentleness and the empathy that these people treated me with was some of the most authentic human interactions that I've ever had in my life. And I think it was even that much more apparent for me because of the contrast between what I was experiencing in LA and the entertainment industry and just going about and, and trying to meet people in that crowd where it's so cutthroat all the time. And I would go to entertainment industry meetups and, and, uh, just regular meetups as well. And that really, that really softened my heart towards Christians. I had always viewed them as judgmental and, uh, I viewed them as, ignorant and just not in a, in a good way. I didn't view, I didn't view them in a good way. So, and so that was one part of it. And the other part was that there was one particular small group where we, and I, and I still think this is odd, but we shut off the lights and we, somebody started to, to worship, play, play the piano and worship. And there was just supposed to be a movement of the spirit at the time and people were worshiping just with the lights off and, um, and just really getting into the worship music. And I hate 
hated worship music and I still don't like worship music. But I remember, I remember feeling this feeling of love that was incredible. And it was not the music. I mean, it was, it was surreal. Just this feeling of love came over me. And that was another seed for me. This, this supernatural feeling of love that I had again, not the music, not anything to do with my flesh as it relates to anybody there or, you know, anything of the physical, something supernatural happened there. And that planted a, a huge seed for me. And I remember somebody else even verifying it that night after, well, and, and I guess I'll never know exactly because I didn't ask, but it, it certainly felt reinforcing to me when somebody had said later that night that the, the spirit certainly came that night. So this, we could certainly feel the spirit that night. And uh, yeah, so that was big. And so uh, fast forward, I I think I'm going to go back to Omaha at this point to pursue my career in mental health counseling. And I tried so hard, so hard to find a person to take up my lease in LA. And I couldn't find anybody to save my life. Nobody, you know, I would have people come over. And I remember even one instance where somebody came over and it seemed like everything was going well. And they went into the shower, looked at the shower, uh, looked in and moved the, sh the shower cur curtain. And there was a dead uh, like fly or a bug in the, sh in the, in the bathtub. And that prevented that person from moving in. That was a bad experience for him. And uh, so, yeah, I just couldn't find anybody to take over my lease. No And I had to get out of this lease in order to move back to Omaha and, it was around this time that I started to also look into places in San Diego. And I thought maybe San Diego would be a good fit because um, it was kind of like a middle ground between the big city, uh, the big LA city life and Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, and so I started to apply for places down there uh, for school and, or start to look at different places down there for school. And um, I just felt like, that was the right place. That was the right, that was the right place to go. It wasn't, it wasn't to go back to Omaha, it to go to San Diego. And so I remember taking this big leap of faith at the time. I started to apply for jobs in San Diego, accounting jobs. I never took a business class, uh, just my, just based off of my limited accounts or uh, accounting experience that I had there in LA. And it didn't take long for me to get a full-time accounting job in San Diego. And I, I beat out uh, people that had not, not had not only taken business classes, but had had majored in accounting. And um, I think part of it was that the place that I worked at, it just so happened that the CEO of the company uh, or the president, excuse me, the president of the company was originally from Omaha. So God weaving again. And um, so I didn't have a job. I had a job, didn't have a place to live yet. I put in my two weeks in L.A. Manhattan Beach Studios, and uh, on the, I mean, it's just it's, I, I never thought that I would willingly give up the entertainment industry job that I worked so hard for my whole life, uh, seemingly from when I was in elementary school because I knew uh, from, a, from a young age I wanted to work in the uh, entertainment industry, that I would give that up willingly was just mind-boggling, but I did. I gave it up, and I went down to San Diego and um, didn't have a place to live, yet, or I, I, so I put in my two weeks. And uh, just took a leap of faith. And I thought the universe, God, was going to line up a place for me to live. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And at that exact same time, I could finally, 
finally found somebody to take over uh, for my my lease in L.A. Uh, so, again, just that confirmation that I was making the right choice. So and when I felt the exact same feeling that I had felt all the way back in Omaha before I before I made that move to L.A., that something something greater than me was guiding me down to San Diego. So I get down to San Diego and um, start um, working down there again, doing the exact same thing that I had been doing up in L.A., spending my time working. But even more than that, the most fulfilling part for me was listening to these uh, podcasts on the new age and the paranormal. And so as somebody that is very driven, um, you know, really was into self-help at the time and still kind of am into some self-help um, and somebody that was uh, really into the spiritual, I started to get even into um, uh, like self-help as it relates to dating, because at this point it had been um, a little over a year since I had been in a relationship and I thought. I got. I have to do something within my power to become better, so I can get into another relationship. And so I started to get into like this. I remember one uh, like dating coach in particular. I used to follow him and read. I read his book uh, several times, and uh, was just pouring into that, pouring into this to to the new age stuff, pouring into the spiritual stuff. Um, all while I'm at work, just listening to this stuff on Audible or on the podcast apps. And, um, it was around this time as well. There was two big things that happened. One, I went, I started to listen to the Bible. Actually, I started to listen to the first, for the first time ever, uh, because of, uh, just my understanding again, that there was power in Jesus's name and these paranormal experiences. And also because of the, the insight that I was getting from church and, and from Joel Osteen that was lining up with these new age gurus. I wanted to figure out what what is in this book. What is, what's in this book that I that I kind of neglected for my whole life? I mean, the, this book that's giving so much wisdom. I had to figure it out. So I started to listen to that at work, and I remember it was just um, it's like two or three months. I went through the whole Bible on, on Audible, and I I was blown away. I thought that it was one of the most incredible uh, experiences that I ever had. I remember thinking when I left work when I finished it, I was like. People are sleeping on this book. This is like a undervalued stock. And um, I just, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I saw so much truth in it. I remember thinking at the time, because I, I <laughs> always rate books and, and movies and out of 10. And I was like, this is a 9 out of 10. I wasn't a big fan of Song, Song of Solomon. And I wasn't too sure about um, just some of the, some of the, teachings here and there I, I I wasn't sure about yet but overall I was like this is incredible um so I had that happen and at the same time I also started I, I saw another psychic and this psychic was just right after me to San Diego uh and again it's incredible that I had read I listened to the whole Bible around this time or I started listening to it and I and it never made sense to me that that would be wrong to go to a psychic uh but I just it's almost like I, I didn't hear that part of the Bible um and, and maybe I didn't hear it that well when I, cause I was working. Um, so I started to do that. Uh, start, I, saw, I saw another psychic and the psychic told me that I would be in another, uh, relationship come October. And that would be a few months down the road. And I also, on the same day, I went to a Reiki energy healer and I'll never forget, never forget when I went up those stairs in the building of the Reiki energy healing place in San Diego. When I made contact, eye contact with the Reiki energy healer who was at the opposite end of the hallway. It was a woman in her 30s. And I just remember her eyes were piercing. 
And I'll never forget it. I mean, I've never felt anything like that to this day. I was like, there, this woman somehow, I just knew instinctively she was going to change my life. And so I get my, uh, I get my energy healing that day. And I was still a little skeptical actually of the energy of Reiki and the energy healing process, but I had heard all about it from these podcasts I listened to. And so as, uh, again, for people that don't know what Reiki is, uh, essentially the person that's receiving the healing lays on their back, uh, at least I did on a table and the person that is performing the quote healing puts their hands out over the body of the person and different parts of the body, like the head or the torso or the feet. And they start to, uh, quote, uh, align chakras and, and perform healing, uh, perform healing, energetic healing. So that starts to happen. And I remember there was a couple, few things that happened there. One, the woman's hands got really, really hot. And it's like, wow, something, something's going on. Two, I started to get into this euphoric state, like almost like a, a drug-like state or what you'd get after a really good meditation. Um, and then three, she started to tell me things that from uh, an intuitive standpoint, like from a psychic standpoint about my life, and that was true. Um especially as it relates to like work and, and stuff like that. And um, so all these things reinforcing again, there's something more to life than just the physical. And I got out of that experience really, really thrilled with, with what happened. And she said, yeah, you know, just go as long as you can without coming back. When you need to come back, just give me a call. And it's just incredible too when I look back on that, that that I would have found her of all people because um it she she was not the first place to, to uh show up when I was looking online for a Reiki place. I, I it was she was like the tenth person down or the tenth tenth location down. And for some reason I just clicked on on her location. Uh and and we'll see why. I think I just wanted to kind of for, foreshadow that in a second. I think it's just God again guiding and directing my steps. Um, so I had that experience. Uh, I am, so those, I have all that stuff going on when I'm in San Diego, still listening to the, uh, paranormal podcast and all, and, and so on and so forth. Things are going pretty well at the job. Um, I'm starting to, um, yeah, pe people are just taking, taking notice of what I'm doing and, uh, I'm enjoying it for, you know, I think it's okay. It's a good job. It was like a seven out of 10. I was like, yeah, this is good. You know, it's not fantastic. It's not terrible. And a few months go by and I thought I started to go through like a depression again. And I decided that that would be the time for me to go back and see this Ricky healer. And there, I, there was no doubt in my mind. I was going to go back to this original one that I saw. And at this point it was, um, it was November and this time I, when I went in, I had a, a healing, but it was different than the last time. I mean, a lot of the same things happened. The hands heated up. There was intuitive things that were stated that were true. Um, but I had a vision and the vision showcased, uh, it was like a black backdrop. And over the black backdrop was a rainbow-colored bow. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And instinctively, a couple things came to my mind, uh, or, uh, almost from an intuitive standpoint. I was 
to ask this woman out who I thought was in a relationship. Um, but I was to ask her out. I never felt more confident about anything like that in my life. And I was also supposed to eventually work with her or someone to get started on my own counseling, life coach, or Reiki uh, practice, uh, my own Reiki practice. And at this point, I hadn't I hadn't uh, found a school yet. I was work, I was so focused on my accounting job. I I kind of put counseling in the back burner. So I thought maybe I think life coaching was a little bit more realistic at the time and incorporating that Reiki and 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 pursuing that full time. And so I asked her out and we started and, and it turns out she she was single and we started dating. And the um you know, a few things come from that. One is she was in her mid 30s at the time and had never been single for this long in her whole life up until the point where I had asked her out. It just so happened again that I had found her and that I asked her out at the time that she was this being just a few months she would she had been single. Um so that was one thing. I, I only dated this woman over the period of a few months, but it it did. It it really did reflect the thoughts that I had when I first met her in the spring of, of 2018. She completely the, the my encounter with her completely changed my life. One of the reasons why is because um I had never felt what I had felt for her even in such a short amount of time. And I think part of it was the spiritual component of it. Part of it was the fact that we had, she had performed Reiki on me. And um, I just think that that combined with, with like when you're with someone in a sexual and intimate way, I think it creates a bond that is, um, it, it was, it, it was just like, drug-like, euphoric-like, and especially when you're just like in the honeymoon stage of, of a blossoming relationship. It just was something I had never experienced before. Uh, it would all, it almost felt like just, I, I, because I remember thinking at the time, like after I had uh, broken up with a woman that I was with in LA, I thought I would never find somebody that was as, as good as her that was into this new age, like I didn't call it new age at the time, but alternate spirituality stuff. And here, and here, not only do I find somebody that's into that, but I find somebody that is, is doing that and has these, like these abilities. And I thought, how incredible is that? It's again, it's just God lining up the right thing. And so that was a part of it. But I also remember, um, she had told me that she had been through a lot of, a lot of trauma, both from her childhood and, and, um, in, in previous relationships. And I remember, you know, again, this is somebody that had objectified women, objectified relationships, and, and, and in many ways viewed women as not as the way that I should have, not completely human. And uh, a lot of times just viewing them as uh, beings for sex. And I started to really view this person this woman is a, is a human being. And I think that was the first time, like the, the, not, not that I had never felt that, especially for my ex, but it was really, it hit me in a way that I'd, it had never hit me before. It was like, it translated to women that I would like when I would go to the strip club or if I would watch porn or if I would try to pursue somebody from a, a sexual, just a sexual relationship standpoint, I, I could very easily flip that switch and say, okay, this person 
I don't see this person as a person or this woman as a person. I see her as somebody for sex. And just the empathy that I had for the experiences that this person, this, the Reiki master had been through, it really, it was almost like it over, it, it overshadowed every other person that I, every other woman that I would meet, no matter what their background was, what they look like. I viewed them as people now really shifted that really powerful. Um, so that was, that was one thing. Another thing, again, being reinforced, she told me, you'd make a great counselor. You make a great counselor. And I put that on the back burner and I'm starting to try, okay, how, I try to figure out how can I possibly balance becoming a counselor and pursuing this accounting job out here in San Diego. It's just so hard. I was working overtime. It's a lot. Um, other things that stood out. Um, she, as a result of the trauma that she had went through, she had told me that she was a serial monogamous. So she went from man, relationship to relationship. And that kind of stood out as odd to me. I thought that for people that I would be dating, that they would think that the ultimate goal should always be to pursue a long-term relationship. And that wasn't the case with her. And so I thought that that she hadn't always viewed relationships like that in the past. Like she would get, it, it sounds like into relationships with people that she knew she might be with for only like a year or two and then get out of it. And I, and even before I became a Christian, I always thought that my goal with people that I viewed from a relationship standpoint would always to be to try to find somebody that I could be with for the rest of my life. Um, so that was odd to me. Another thing that was odd to me was that she had stated that she could no longer feel the emotion of love. And that was very, that was very odd for me. Um, another thing was, and I can look back now and I think I've ref, I, I may have referenced this before another podcast. I understand now that when you get into these new age, like, Reiki or Buddhism, there's an element of these different spiritualities where you are, it's designed to help people lose attachment for things. Uh, and, and the Bible talks about not having idols and putting things before God, but this is almost in such a way that there is no, you don't even want to exp ex express love or, or get, or be vulnerable with somebody. Absolutely no attachments, no, no string attack, no strings attached whatsoever. And I think part of that can then be used as well as a defense mechanism for people that have been through traumatic experiences. And I think that's how it, it, it served for her. Um, but that was definitely alarming for me. Another thing, but other things that stood out from a, from a supernatural standpoint, again, just being reinforced that she had these uh, um, intuitive abilities and just having that reinforcement was really, really interesting. And just reinforcing that there was a spiritual component to life. Um, she had told me that there was an entity that had latched onto her as a result of Reiki energy healing. Um, and that she had just gotten rid of it before we had uh, started dating. Uh, again, reinforcing the spiritual. Uh, another thing that I thought was interesting that she had pointed out was that the um, the universe was letting her know that this was not the right time to pursue a long-term relationship, but that, you know, she was getting signs frequently that were reinforcing signs all over from family interactions, with, interactions with people, uh, visual signs that were reinforcing. Now was not the time to be in a long-term relationship with somebody. Uh, but she wanted to be in, she still wanted to date me and uh, see where things went. That was another red flag for me, obviously. And then, Perhaps the biggest red flag, at least for me, uh, was she told me that there was, she didn't believe in good and evil. 
And I remember thinking, even at this point, as somebody that was into the paranormal and into the new age, that evil definitely existed. I had heard time and story after story, time and time again, that there were these demonic beings that had hurt people, shadow figures, um, people that had to be uh, go through what I only understood at the time as exorcisms uh, to be freed from these beings that were hurting other people and uh, that were hurting people. And I, that to me was enough reinforcement. That was the way I justified that there was evil, uh, interestingly enough. And I remember asking her, I remember saying, so you're telling me like if, uh, let's just say an elderly woman was walking through an alleyway and was beaten and raped, is that evil? And she responded, no, that's not evil. It all, it all depends on the vantage point that you look at it from. That can be viewed as a learning opportunity. And that was obviously, <laughs> that was hard to hear. So, and then just another component to this was that towards the end of our time dating, I remember just kind of, she said something that reinforced that idea that she was getting signs, signs that she had to follow. She said, uh, I just want to let you know that just because uh, we spend a ton of time together and we get into a flow state with each other and things seem to be going really well, it doesn't mean that things are going well. Um, just because we hang out all the time and, you know, have sex, that that doesn't mean that things are going well in this relationship. And I, I, I was shocked. I, I remember I was shocked at the time because I thought things were, were continuing to progress. I thought we were doing well. And I asked her about that. I said, well, I don't understand. What, what does that mean? And she's, and then she was almost like, she took it back and she said, oh no, it's a, everything's okay. I still think that we're going to make it long-term. And that was enough for me. Even, even though I, I had, again, never felt anything like I had felt. And I think part of it was from a supernatural standpoint uh, that I felt with her. And I was really enamored with somebody that had all these skills, these quote skills and abilities that was enough for me to think that this was not a good long-term fit from a, from a, uh, in a, in a relationship. And so, um, at that time, again, somebody who had spent so much time in self-help and so much time trying to get better at dating through self-help and, and, uh, I was just so disappointed and, and, and so, um, beyond myself that, that, that this relationship wasn't working. I thought I did something wrong. I was convinced I did something wrong. I was devastated. And that for me was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back as it relates to California. I was like, nope, nope, nope. This is this. I, I had moved five times at that point. I left out another time where when I got to San Diego, I had to move again because of there were ants on my bed and the person didn't take it well that I didn't take it well. And I had to find another place to live. I just felt like I couldn't trust anybody. And I felt like I had already been through so much and I was like, I'm not getting any closer to my counseling degree. I got to get, I got to go back to Omaha. I just got to get started on this degree. And it was tough because, you know, at this point I was, I loved a lot about San, San Diego and Southern California. Um, I was getting, I was, I, I was getting used to uh, the way of living. Um, again, the, the, I was having difficulties with my living situations and the people, but I never thought that I'd move back to Omaha. I didn't want to move back, but I had the exact same feeling that I had when I moved out from Omaha to LA and then LA to San Diego. Again, the universe was telling me now is the time you got to get back to Omaha. Now is the time. And so I ended up breaking up with the woman that I was with and 
I remember, you know, I was just, it was, it was really hard. And I remember she started to cry um, as soon as I told her that we were going to break up and just really made me second guess everything that I was doing. And so that was really hard. I didn't, I already didn't want to do it. And another part of this is um, I had to put in my two weeks at my job and that was hard. And um, so it, it was just, it was a really one of the hardest points of my life. And during this time, uh, I'll just backtrack real quick. A couple other important things that I'll go through here real quick. Uh, one was that I had started to, I never found a church in San Diego. I looked, but I went through like eight different ones. I, I never found one that I felt like was a good fit. Um, but I did end up meeting a guy that was originally f- from Nebraska and um, get to h- him in a second. And so I also met another guy that um, I would go out to the clubs with and he did ride sharing at the time. He was a driver for Uber and that just kind of planted a seed with me. And it was actually right before I broke up with this woman because he was like my only other friend in San Diego that I had at the time, a close friend. I had coworkers that I was somewhat close with, but he left a couple weeks before this revelation from my the girl that I was dating at the time that things didn't just because we were hanging out didn't mean that things were going well. He just left on a whim. So I felt like that was another thing that God was showing me. The universe was showing me that it was time to go back to Omaha. Um, so my like only friend left. Um, or my only close, the person that I saw the most left because there was this guy that going back to the guy that was from Omaha. Um, he, we had a conversation before I left and uh, just have, having dinner. And I was explaining to him that I was going back to Omaha. And I truly believe the spirit took, took over him that night because he told me, I told him that I, I had gone through the Bible for the first time. And that was really the first time we'd ever talked about Christianity. We only talked about Nebraska football and, and Omaha before that. We had this dinner before I left and the spirit took, took over him and said, you need to go back through that Bible and you need to read it every day. And I remember I thought that at, when I listened to the Bible in, in at work, I was done with it. I was, I thought I had treated it like any other book. I was like, Oh, this is really good. Let's move on to the next thing. But he, he told me that I needed to go back to that, to that Bible and uh, just study it and, and highlight it. And he had been doing it for years. This, this is a man in his sixties. Um, and just how much that helped him. And I thought, yeah, I'm going, I was going through a really tough time at the, at the time. And I, I needed that spirit, that some, some kind of spiritual help. I, I was willing to give it a shot, anything to get out of that pain. And another thing that he told me, and, and again, I didn't tell him about this. I, I, I viewed, I, I framed our dinner as a positive, but he told me uh, he had a really, really um, difficult situation growing up where he pursued a job for several years and tried so hard, so hard to get the job. Finally, he had, he had an opportunity to get the job at his dream company and the door was shut on him. And he thought that was it. He thought that was the end of his end of his life, essentially. But it was a, as a result of that door closing, he was able to get a better job that then gave him a pension uh, long term, which allowed him to even then move from Nebraska to San Diego. And so he was telling me that I needed to don't not be discouraged. Don't be discouraged in that particular situation uh, with this job. I mean, with San Diego and uh, just leaving San Diego and going to Omaha and that God was guiding me. There was a plan. Again, I, I think he was spirit led. This was 
framed in a way that was positive. I told him, oh, yeah, I'm happy to be going back. I'm going to be pursuing my counseling degree. Um, another interesting thing that happened, a uh, uh, few supernatural things. One is that I I remember during my time, um, during my time, well, actually, uh, three things. Because another thing that happened that was interesting was that when I was speaking to this uh, person that I was dating, this Reiki master, there was one time that I told her that I, that I was listening to the Bible and I was just getting into it. And it was like violently, she put her hand over my face, over my mouth. So I would stop talking. Um, so that was one thing that I thought uh, just interesting. Another thing was that when I, uh, broke up with her and I was putting my two weeks at my job, I had this suit, like this demonic thing. I was like, this just this horrible thing come over me at my job and I had to pray for five minutes straight in order for this thing to stop whatever it was that was was on me I uh, never felt anything like it since never felt anything like it before um, and then uh, lastly uh, something that was really help, helpful for me because I again was starting to second guess everything as it relates to you know moving back to, to Omaha um, I went to bed one night and I had this dream with people and I was talking to, to people about moving back to Omaha and in, in the dream, my, my aunt was in the dream and my aunt was actually the person that had previously passed away that that psychic had confirmed that had passed away before from before. And she told me, Alex, you found the right spot as, as, as in referring to Omaha. And, um, that was, that was comforting in and of itself uh, again, I'm uh, at this time, I'm really into synchronicities, just things that are, are signs. I'm looking for signs myself, uh, wake up, talk to my mom shortly thereafter, just telling her I'm having a really hard time. And she tells me she's done something she's never done before. Um, and she's, she's not Catholic. And, uh, we went to a Catholic church more because my dad was Catholic. Uh, so has never prayed to anybody, but God, but she, just had a feeling that morning that she needed to reach out in prayer to my aunt and just say, can, uh, can you comfort Alex any way that you can? He's going through a really hard time. And um, it's not that I believe that that was my aunt that spoke to me in the dream, but I think that God gave me the exact right thing again at the exact right time that I needed for that confirmation to go back to Omaha. He knew that I was suffering. He, he, he provided a comfort that in a way that was so personal to me and he met me exactly where I was this whole time. He was meeting me exactly where I was. And this was the, the pinnacle of that. And so I'm starting, uh, start to go back to Omaha, start my drive back to Omaha. And while I'm, when I'm leaving the city of San Diego, I saw this car speed up in front of me. And, uh, so speeds up right in front of me, pulls up, uh, in front of me and on the back of the license plate, it says Psalm six. That's it. And it was almost like it was just staying there right in front of me. So I, I could see it. And, um, I didn't know what that, what that meant at the time, but essentially what Psalm six states is it's, uh, David really going through a difficult time, lamenting, um, the losses that he's had in his life. And, and I remember one of the most, uh, poignant parts of that verse, or I mean that book or of that chapter is he is crying into his pillow and you know i i had done that since those last two weeks i i was devastated about you know where things were going but psalm 6 makes it clear 
at the end of that chapter that God will defeat the enemies that stand in David's way and that eventually all will, all will work out, even though he's going through a really difficult time. Uh, so that was absolutely incredible uh, to have that happen. Um, another component of going back to Omaha was um, when I got halfway through Nebraska, I had a, I encountered a snowstorm and um, some of the worst conditions I ever drove through. And I just remember thinking I, I was okay with dying at the time based off of what I was going through. I was just, again, I was, I was very devastated and um, just with the way that my life was turning out after all the time and all the work that I spent on trying to make things work in California, not just while I was in California, but before that, and then trying to make things work from a relationship standpoint, always coming up short, always, always failing, felt like. And so I didn't care if I died. I kept driving through the snowstorm, couldn't barely see anything. And somehow through the snowstorm, I made it home quicker, uh, much quicker. I can't remember exactly how, how much quicker, but I'd spoken to my mom before I got right before I'd gotten into the snow snowstorm and she was there to greet me. I, sh I made it through that snowstorm quicker, much quicker than if I ever had been dr driving without the, the snow being there. Um, and so just, again, another element to this and perhaps, you know, another interesting element to add to this is when I got home, somehow the door was just unlocked uh, on its own. So I just walked, I was just like, so, tired. I just, I, I did, didn't even try to use a key or anything. I don't remember if I had a key. I just went up to the door, turned it unlocked. I, it was as if God was saying, Alex, welcome home. So fast forward, um, as I get home, turns out that if I would have left California just a week before, uh, or a week later when I did, I wouldn't have been able to apply for and start school counseling school where I, where I decided to go to school at, which is the which was considered to be the best counseling school in Nebraska. Um, it turns out that the window for applying would have passed a week later and I would have had to have waited another year. Um, so I had that, uh, the guy that I, I had been friends with in San Diego through his ride sharing. Um, it gave me the idea that I, I could do ride sharing here in Omaha and that helped me make it ends meet to the best of my ability. Um, uh, when I was going to school, so I started doing ride sharing and just remember how therapeutic that was at the time because I could not have held a, a normal job and I needed, I needed to make money before I started school. And I just remember having conversations with people uh, at that time. It was so healing for me after everything that I had gone through in, in Southern California, just to be able to have conversations with people and listen to these different things on the, on, on the uh, podcast apps and different Christian sermons, uh, things like that. I'm starting to open up my, my mind to. Um, it was also around the same time, not having given my life to Christ yet, uh, still trying to figure out what happened with the whole Reiki thing. I listened to, I'm listening to a podcast, uh, actually touched by heaven who we've had, uh, the host of touched by heaven on this podcast as a guest before Trapper Jack. And it just so happens again, God's timing. He has, he, he interviews somebody on the podcast. And this is like the only time it's ever happened in 200 plus episodes where this person had, had also been uh, uh, on the receiving end of Reiki and as a result of this had demonic experiences. And that was the first time that I had ever heard of that connection of Reiki and demons overlapping. And so I'm starting to put two and two, two together. Like, wow, I, that, you know, again, the first time I'd ever heard anything like that, 
And it was also around the same time that I started to uh, read a book that I had put off reading during my time in California. And I had heard uh, this guy on a podcast, uh, on a paranormal podcast. I think it was called the Paranormal Podcast uh, during my time in Southern California. Um, Mark Hahnemann, who uh, incredibly, just again, the way that God weaves things together is now one of the admins of the Spirit Answers Group. Uh, wrote a book called Seeing Ghosts Through God's Eyes. And again, another guest we also had on the podcast back in episode four, and I believe uh, 34, 35. You have to go, I'll have to go back and check on that. But um, and, and the book is essentially stating that, reinforcing that idea that um, these beings that are what I thought were ghosts that I had encountered like in the Stanley Hotel, and I had heard these ghost encounters with people that had had these experiences in these podcasts, that they were all, first of all, not only were these all demons, but again, these beings fled at the name of Jesus and uh, reinforced the idea for me that God, I, up until this point, I thought that God, even though I had read the Bible or listened to the Bible, that God was more like Star Wars, uh, an imperson impersonal force like Buddhism, New Age, the universe. But no, he was actually and is actually uh, like a person. You know, he has emotions like a person. Uh, has a a body. Uh, obviously, Jesus had a body, um, but is not this impersonal force that I thought throughout all all this time in Southern California. In that book, I I read it at the exact right time. I was finally willing to uh, receive that information, um, and so so those two things: the Reiki podcast, Touched by Heaven, uh, the book, uh, Seeing Goes Through God's Eyes, happened perfect perfect timing again. And I'm starting to, at this point, get into a little bit more of understanding Reiki's background. I start to realize that this is framed, uh, this does have a demonic uh, background. And I'm starting to understand that Christianity, um, every time there's a, a, quote, healing in Christianity, there is um, never any attachments or anything like that. Like, you don't have the person that's healing doing the healing and, and I know it's God working through that person never has to surround themselves in like a white light or do any kind of like a ritual. It's just praying for healing and it either happens at that moment or it doesn't happen. But that all these different things were opening up my eyes to truth. And on top of that, I'm starting to finally get, uh, start to hear some uh, of these like testimonies from people that had had similar experiences to mine on, on, on YouTube. And, um, um, it was around this time that I had my own, uh, encounter with a shadow being, and I had never had this type of an experience before. And I was, it was essentially what happened was that I was asleep at night, woke up in a sleep paralysis like state. I had this shadow being black figure come over, stand over me. And, um, it was, it's crazy. It was like being in Jurassic park and it's like, you've been studying dinosaurs your whole life and you finally get a chance to see a dinosaur. Well, that was the same thing for me with a, with a shadow figure. I had heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of these things. And I was like, yeah, I know as soon as I pray, call out to Jesus, pray to Jesus, this thing is going to disappear. And it, so it, it stood over me and um, uh, it, it started to develop these white eyes just staring down at me. And it wasn't a, it wasn't right. I, I tried to kick it first, I remember. And I started to pray and it wasn't right away when it disappeared. But it was like within the next couple seconds uh, after I started my praying to Jesus that and it was leaning over me that it, it disappeared. Uh, so I'm having the, all these things come at me, reinforcing everything. Um, finally, finally, in July of 2019, uh, I had enough seeds planted. I had, I had had enough um, 
God had presented the the exact things that I needed to hear for me to fully give up the paranormal and the new age uh, and give my life to him, July of 2019. And uh, it wasn't anything like crazy. I just remember driving in the car one day and I was like, yeah, after everything I've been through, I think Christianity is the only way. And um, it was shortly thereafter that that I felt like God was leading me towards starting a podcast like this, um, kind of in the, in the same vein as the paranormal podcast that I listened to, but, um, in a Christian, uh, with, with, with a Christian frame. And I remember being doubtful of that, uh, really doubting that because I had been told that as somebody that was so new out of Christianity that I shouldn't get started in doing something like this. And I remember I was having a really difficult time in early 2020. I was like the spring of 2020. I was having a tough day. And I just remember kind of breaking down to God. I'm like uh, being like, uh, if you really want me to do this, please let me know. Um, just being so fed up with the way the world is and just seeing it's incredible when you become a Christian. And I have talked about it before in this podcast. When you see the world the way it truly is and the the scales are are taken away from your eyes the veils lifted up so to speak and you see good for good and you see evil for evil it's a lot it's a lot it's incredible on one hand uh, because you finally have the truth but it's also a lot to take in because it's you, you see how screwed up this world is and i was having a tough day with that and i cried out to god and i was specifically asking about this podcast and i said um do you want me to do this and uh i heard an audible voice uh, for the first time and the only time in my life it came into my head and I just said, do you want to do it? And I remember I wasn't afraid at all by what I'd heard. I thought it was completely natural. And not only did I, did I hear this voice, but I also had this, this overwhelming feeling of love come about me. And it was very similar to the feeling of love that I had felt there in LA during my small group, um, that I had during that one time of worship during small group. And, um, I just think it's so God too to answer in that way. Do you want to do it? Because now I can look back and and see kind of why he why he said that. And I remember responding in my mind, just being like, "Yeah, I want to do whatever is going to be the most impactful. How how can I help the most people get the most truth out there?" Uh, but just how hard it's been. It's been a very very tough road to do this to do this podcast. Not only just from a time management perspective and trying to get my master's in counseling uh, during this time while doing the podcast. And I did, and I was finally able to get it. Um, but also just the things that come against me. Um, and I'm not trying to uh, ask for, a, a, you know, like your sympathy or a pity party, but a, every single weakness that I have has been exploited in a way that was not, not so before I started working on this podcast, I had an illness come over me in December of 2020, a mystery illness that people still haven't been able to diagnose. And thankfully, uh, after seeing like 10 different specialists, I've finally been able to get some chiropractic, chiropractic care that has helped with that. Um, and I'm doing a lot better than I was, but just that, um, just had different things come against me. It's been, it's been a really, really tough road. Uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And, uh, even if this is the last podcast where I, I, I was ever able to do or put out for spirit answers podcast, uh, I am so, so proud of, of, uh, what God has been able to do through this podcast. And, and uh, the, the testimonies that have, have come through this podcast and the things that he's lined up uh, has been nothing short of amazing. And, I, and I'm so thankful that, um, you know, so many different things in my life that should have been easy didn't work out 
with something like this that should have been so challenging to to work out the way that it did i think it's just it's all god and uh to line up the people again that he's lined up has just been miraculous to see but i want to i want to uh shift gears just a little bit here as i um get into some of the fruit that god has has borne in my life uh since giving my life over to him so the one of the biggest ones is of course, you hear it all the time, but I really want to stress uh, the the peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, I I had been looking for that peace. Uh, I've been trying to put together experiences throughout my whole life to try to find that peace, whether that was through video games. And God has miraculously made it so I'm not like addicted to video games and spending so much time playing playing games. Uh, it's it's in a much healthier way now. Or drinking. Um, no longer um, feel compelled to to drink, especially the way that I used to. Um, I do still drink, but it's it's nothing. I, I don't get blackout drunk. Uh, I have a very healthy relationship now with alcohol, and that was something that completely shifted overnight. Another thing that happened supernaturally again was just my way of of viewing women. And if you would have told me that I was never going to go to like a, a a strip club again and never have the temptation to do something like that uh like with friends and party nights um just i would have thought that you were crazy or that i would view uh not objectify women uh view relationships in a much more healthy way um that i would be able to uh quit porn um i mean it's just been absolutely incredible what god has been able to supernaturally do but this this is definitely one area, whereas the other areas uh, are things that I've been able to stop very easily. This is one where I'm definitely much more still tempted. Um, this is something that God has not completely taken away from me. Um, but um, it's through my reliance on him. Um, I think just as Paul talks about in the New Testament, it's certain things like that that God allows us to continue to bear that, um, these difficulties that we can then continue to become stronger in him. And that that is one thing that he's left for me to continue to rely on him. I wish that I wish that was one thing that would miraculously disappear uh, completely, but I'm not there yet. I I'll con- as I, as I continue, continue my walk with God, I'm hoping that I can get there. I can c- continue to become stronger. Uh, just some more of the fruit is that I am so much more patient with people. I, I'm so much less angry than I used to be. I used to listen to so much punk rock and just be used to be so angry. Um, and I would, I would take that anger out on like parties, going out to parties and just like letting the energy go out in a, in a quote, health, what I thought healthy way. Um, but that's completely gone. I listen to completely different music now for the most part. I, um, I still occasionally listen to some punk rock, but it's not what it used to be. I view entertainment completely different now. Um, no longer have any interest in Hollywood, no, no longer have any interest in, um, TV. And that's pretty ironic as somebody that has a bachelor's degree in entertaining people. I, I think overall, just a lot more loving and, and forgiving. It's, uh, again, it goes against all rationale to love your enemies, but now I'm able to easily pray for people that I would otherwise have completely despised hated before my giving my life over to Christ. Um, so that yeah just the things that he's been able to do and it's only been in july of this year in 2022 it's, it's going to be three years and i'm a completely different person than i used to be um so much so that 
unfortunately, like, you know, the, the friends that I, that I hung out with here in Omaha before, uh, before I came back, uh, before I moved to California, you know, some of them, it's just hard. It's hard to maintain. Uh, it's, it's a different dynamic. Now I view the world differently. I view the world differently than I used to. And I'm a, yeah, I just, I carry myself completely different. So, um, it's, it's incredible to see. And I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, just the supernatural components that come from your relationship with God, just in terms of a temperament and, uh, communicate a communicative way that you interact with other people there's fruit that that is born from just the way that you that i interact with people now um it's not these these supernatural paranormal experiences that are happening in a silo over here or over there it's um these different experiences that i'm able to cultivate through relationships and through um just through prayer and um, just the way that that prayer helps it helps me love other people and just that constant always praying always praying for other people uh, continues to soften my heart towards other people so when I get into disagreements with other people I'm not going to be as I may have used to have been um, and I just want to focus on that as well just you know for people that are listening to this that still have people that you're praying for um, you know that are not changing and not finding truth yet to not give up and just how, how often we see that on this podcast and how important that was in my story, uh, that people didn't give up praying for me, especially my mom, my grandma, they did not give up. Um, and it took years, unfortunately. And that's the thing that sucks sometimes about being a Christian is that it takes years. Sometimes, uh, it's the same thing like with building a company. Sometimes, sometimes it's going to take years for, that that uh, energy that you're putting in throughout the initial years to pay off in any way, um, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it, uh, and and just I hope that these stories that we've been able to showcase these testimonies on the podcast reinforce the supernatural nature and the all powerful nature uh, of God, and and um, just how much that prayer does move the hand of God, uh, because even though it might seem like your prayer is going up into a vapor somewhere, it is, it's doing something. It, it, it's slowly, slowly chipping away. Um, I, I know so many of these different things don't happen on our timetable, but to remain in faith, just continue with your walk in him. Um, again, we're not, we're not supposed to go by sight, by, by truth, what we know to be true. And that's a fact. That's a law of the universe that when we pray for the people, God is at work uh, and, and to take rest in that. It's a beautiful thing. I, and I think another thing, I just want to think about that, what I'm talking about right now is like when the pandemic happened, I was at so much peace. And I just recently, I remember, or yeah, I was listening to a podcast recently uh, about people that were talking about, or actually a couple podcasts, people talking about their early days during the pandemic. These are non-Christians. And just how hard that time was for them, how chaotic it was, how how they had to rely on like drinking or um, just the, all the uncertainty that was going on in their in their, in their minds. Obviously, there was uncertainty going on, but as followers of Christ and as a follower of Christ at the time, I remember I had so much peace. I mean, what was going on there didn't phase me at all, and just understanding that God had a plan and He 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 was still in control. Um, and, and understanding 
after you've been through what I've been through, you've been through what the people on this podcast have been through, um, the people that when, when we have so much, uh, this, this is not coming out of nowhere, this faith in God, this isn't faith without, without merit. There is a reason why we believe in what we believe. There's evidence to back it up. It's not like we're just doing this because we need a crutch. Um, there is so much, so much to back up the tr the reality that is the Bible and Jesus and him, him being the only way that it just, it was so comforting. Like I was, I, I, I could give everything over to God during that time and, and I was good to go. And just, I want to just say like, to remember that, remember that we have these different things because as Christians, because I think it, it can be so easy, especially for new Christians to be um, comparing ourselves to people that are still of the world and sometimes wonder, Oh, what, you know, would it, be better to engage in X, Y, Z. And even though it goes against God and, and, um, I, this kind of goes into the next part that I want to go into, which is some of the things that I've learned since becoming a Christian. And one of the things is that when we give into sin, it is so much harder. It is so much harder to hear from God. That's one thing I've noticed. It's like having, when you're, when you're living a, a spirit led life, you're continuing to read the Bible. You're continuing, you're, you're walking with God, whatever that looks like for you, prayer that day, reading the Bible, uh, listening to worship music, whatever it is, going to a worship service, just saying, having quiet time with God when you're doing that and you're doing it, you're doing it on a consistent basis because it's just like anything, just like any relationship, you got to put time into it. If you're doing that on a consistent basis, it will, uh, your, your life will be led in a very supernatural spirit led way. But when you're giving into sin, it's like you, you, your spirit led ability is shut off. And it's not, it's obviously it's not going to be completely, but it's just harder to hear from God when you're not following him. It's like if you had all of a sudden you could hear, you, you can hear really well, but then all of a sudden your ear gets filled with earwax. That's what sinning is. Um, and it just makes life so much more dull. And it also takes away I think from that piece that surpasses all understanding. Uh, so that's the first thing I really want to encourage people that if you are, if you feel like you're getting away from God and you feel like you're tempted to step into the world, we lose so much. We lose so much when we cut off that, that uh, energy, that our electricity, so to speak, we're being powered by God uh, when we give into the God of this world, Satan and his ways, even if it does give temporary pleasure, eventually we know we have, we have the truth. We have the book that shares the truth with us. It, it eventually leads to death and just to, to stay strong in God. I really want to encourage people to stay strong in God. So that's the first one. And I just want to encourage you to that. If you are going through a really difficult time to not give up and keep pushing through, through Christ, keep relying on him. And that, that, that pain that you are experiencing right now, eventually through Christ, you're going to be able to use that pain to help other people and help spread the truth, spread love and God's truth. Um, and, and no matter how many times you've been knocked down, just don't give up. Just keep going. Just keep going. Eventually you're going to get it. That's the big thing. It's just like going to work to me. A lot of, a lot of going to work is just showing up, going to the gym, just showing up. Eventually it's going to work out for you. That's half the battle. You just got to show up. Um, God's not going to, bring you this far just to leave you where you're at. He's going to be able to use what you're going through, which is no surprise to him to be able to help other people. Um, and they need to see you. But many people, you're going to be the only Christian or only uh, only person that's showing Jesus' love that they're ever going to encounter. 
just don't give up in, what, in, in pursuing him. And eventually, I guarantee you, it's a law of the universe that will work out for you. And that makes me think about another component, which is everything really comes down to peace versus pleasure. Are you going to take the thing that gives you momentary pleasure and leads to death, like I said before? Or are you going to take the thing that, and again, just because you're pursuing peace, it doesn't mean necessarily it's not going to be pleasure, uh, give you pleasure in the moment, but we want to keep that in balance. So pursuing pleasure. Uh, pleasure in a Christ-like way that gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. And as somebody that has experienced both, um, I can tell you that without a doubt, that peace that surpasses all understanding is way better than any kind of unnatural uh, high that you can get from substances or from Reiki, uh, what have you. Uh, that peace is it's second to none. Okay, we're, a couple other things. I'm going to go a little more rapid fire now. Think about all the faults of the world, just as, as either somebody that's listening to this as a Christian or thinking about um, this as somebody who is not yet a follower of Christ. All of the faults of the world all line up with the Bible in terms of if there's a fault, it lines up with the Bible. So if you're not following the Bible's teachings, there will be a fault in the world, th- such as uh, people living only for themselves. Um, you know, war, uh, divorce, um, kids being, having kids out of, out of wedlock, all these different things, you know, these different things that have led to so much anxiety and depression in our, in our life. I mean, in our current time happen because people do not follow the tenets of the Bible. We have more entertainment than we've ever had in our history. And yet we have more people suffering from depression and anxiety because they do not follow the law of the world. Uh, the law of God. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to say. Another thing is that we focus so much uh, on this side of life, on on the out, outside, on people's appearance, on the appearance of uh, even like when I think back to um, like California, then I think of LA, like so we are focused way too much on the the physical appearance of things and we are not focused on the heart enough. Hollywood is is a great example of, of of an industry where it's all about the outside and and not at all about what's going on in the inside. Um, so I would really challenge people to to remember to do it the way that God does it, which is to look at people's hearts and not focus so much on the outside. It, the outside is very very deceptive. Um, and really, what we're doing is we're putting we're making an idol. We're putting something uh, something that looks good, uh, just like we can make crystals, for example, uh, quote healing crystals, an idol, and put that ahead of God. Same thing that um, a lot of people do with people and with uh, even nice houses, so to speak, and whatever whatever it is. We focus way too much on the physical, on the physical appearance and the aesthetics of something, rather than looking at its inside. So I want to challenge you to do that. Another thing I wanted to tell you about is uh, very, it's exclusive to Mark 824. I'm just going to read out what I had written for a note here. Um, so Jesus, Jesus healed a blind man whose friends brought him to Jesus. A few things stand out here. First, it was the friend's help that this guy was initially healed. It was because of the friend's help that this guy was initially healed in the first place. Usually it's our prayers for those unsaved. Uh, that's the initial step of healing or being saved. Second, Jesus healed this guy in a very specific way, which was spitting in his eyes, uh, tongue, and ears. Jesus will come to us in very specific ways. We see that in my testimony. We see that in everyone's testimony on this podcast, 51 episodes in. Uh, Third, after the initial healing, 
uh, the guy was not completely healed. Jesus had to heal him again after the uh, guy told Jesus that he still couldn't uh, quite see right. For many who have become just become a Christian, this is the case. After those um, have been praying for us, who have been praying for us, have opened up a doorway for Jesus to take root in our lives, we then have to make a decision to embrace Jesus' ways ourselves to really begin to see again. And really the last thing I want to leave everybody with um, is the concept of settling. And I think of not being a Christian, and I know that this is going to maybe sound harsh to some people, but I ask that you would hear me out. I think that the that not being a Christian is settling because it makes me think so much about someone who is like a, a child in the third grade. Many children in the third grade, myself included, would have loved to have just given up right there, hated school, want to stop there. I'll just stay home, play video games, watch TV. Because I didn't give up, I've been able to then experience the depth of life that I never knew was even possible or real uh, later on in life because I did not just stay home during third grade. It's the same thing for people that choose not to follow God. It's the exact same thing. When you are continuously um, not giving the creator of everything a chance and having a relationship with him, Yes, you'll be able to find uh, temporary pleasures that that are fun and 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 they do meet a uh, part of our, our our lives that we need, which is ha- you know recreation, having fun with other people, etc. But there's going to be something missing. There's always going to be something missing, no matter what point, no matter what you what point you get to in your life, whether that's a job, you finally have the family you wanted, uh, you finally break through with a uh, goal that you had, like from an exercise standpoint, whatever it is that you're working on, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to f- to fulfill the depth and the fulfillment that having a relationship with your creator will do. And I, I speak from experience. So I would just challenge you. And if you're listening to this and you still have not given your life to Christ, listen to those urges that you have, those little nudges that you have that you can't explain any other way than some kind of an intuitive nudge follow that no matter where it leads you no matter how hard that path is and seems to be go for it that is you're being led you're being led some in some way god is going to use that to meet you where you're at and um it's this requires not a lot of times it requires not living fully for the pleasures the momentary pleasures but living in a way that's going to be helpful to other people. And I guarantee you that if you do that, even though it's hard, just like anything is hard that's worth pursuing, starting a business, going to the gym, trying to lose lose weight, eating healthy, it's going to be hard at first. It's going to be painful. But eventually that payoff is so much more worth it than continuing to live um, without without pursuing God, with without settling. So I really challenge you if you're somebody that has made it to this point, because I know we're going a while here, uh, to do that. And I guarantee you, even though it's going to be painful, going to be times when you, that you want to give up, just like anything in life that's worth pursuing, it will be worth it. And uh, just want to leave you with a couple of my favorite scriptures that have inspired me. And I wrote this, um, this, this is from 2019. So this is from back in 2019. And these scriptures still inspire me to this day. Um, I mean, there's still some of my, my favorite scriptures. So the first one is uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Um, Psalm 55, 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. In other words, as long as we continue to pursue him, no matter what happens, eventually he's going to pick us back up and he's going to help keep us on the path that he had laid out for us before the beginning of time. Uh, finally, I love Proverbs 16.9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And I just think that that is a perfect uh, summary of God and the way that he was able to weave together our lives in, in ways that we have no idea a lot of times that it's even happening, the way that he's able to make certain things happen and make us meet people at the exact right time. All the things that happen throughout my testimony, other people's testimonies, it's just beautiful, the stories that God is able to weave together. And uh, just want to say thank you so much for for listening to today to the podcast. And again, I know this is very different than what we normally do. We will be back to a regular interview next week. But I'm so happy that I was able to share my testimony with you today. And uh, I hope that this inspired somebody to share their testimony. Again, whether that's on this podcast, love to have you on the podcast. We have an audio-only version, again, available for people that don't want to um, be on video. But just that you would share your testimony and just how powerful these testimonies are and what they have done for so many people, including myself, in, in helping to plant seeds of truth. Um, it's because of your testimony uh, that we are going to, uh, through Christ, help people find salvation and live with God eternally it's because of us take, being brave and sharing our testimony. So I can't stress that enough. Um, I just want to say thank you again as well for sharing this podcast with somebody that you think would benefit from it. Um, appreciate you joining our Facebook group, Spirit Answers, and for uh, subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening to this and for uh, rating and reviewing us. I really appreciate all you do to support us. And uh, I appreciate you bearing with me throughout this uh, episode. Thank you so much for supporting the pod podcast. And uh, God bless you. I hope you have a fantastic week. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.